you can probably tell I get a lot of joy out of making socks. And a lot of that joy comes from the fact that we really can work with anybody. I was just speaking with someone who wants to make socks for her city. And at the same time, I was speaking with a company who's going through rebranding and speaking with our customers about how we can make this successful for them, but the creativity that we can put into the design to make sure that it's something that when people get it, they love it. And that's really the goal. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Lisa Riggs, the founder and CEO of Spirit Socks USA. Lisa Riggs, known as the Sock Queen, founded Spirit Socks USA, a company focused on making a difference in the world with each pair of its customized socks. By collaborating with her customers to design unique socks and incorporating their branding, Lisa has found a niche that allows her to use her background in fundraising, HR, and management. As a mom of two college-age children, Lisa has been involved in fundraisers for a variety of their activities and sports. After creating a sock fundraiser for her daughter's school, Lisa realized this success could be replicated in other businesses, and Spirit Socks USA was born. To date, Lisa has helped hundreds of businesses with branded socks that can be sold, provided as a corporate gift, or offered as a customer giveaway. Lisa and Spirit Socks USA prides themselves on being a women-owned company founded on their love for helping customers reach and make positive impacts across their unique audiences with fun, customizable gear. Their wholesale custom-knit socks with logos or designs are ready and available for every occasion, with options available for crew socks, athletic socks, dress socks, and more. Lisa prides herself on their ability to help your supporters, brand ambassadors, family, friends, and teammates stay fashionably fresh while showing off everything your brand stands for. Listen in for some great takeaways about Lisa's journey as an entrepreneur and founder of a woman-owned business that is putting socks on feet everywhere. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the pleasure of being here today with Lisa Riggs, the founder and CEO of Spirit Socks USA. Thanks for joining us today, Lisa. Hi, Larry. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Good to see you, and I'm looking forward and excited to learn more about you and what you're doing. So I guess if we could start off by giving us our listeners a little background about who you are and how did you get to where you are today? 10,000 foot view, just give us an idea. Sure. 10,000 foot view. I started my career in HR. Actually, I was an HR manager in high tech Silicon Valley. That's my home. And once I had my kids, it became evident how do I say this politely? (laughs) It wasn't 
the way the company was being run wasn't a fit. I was called out for leaving at six o'clock so I could pick my son up from daycare. And I was told that it was such a disappointment that my priorities had changed. And my priority was always my family. And so shortly after my second child was born, well, about a year after my second child was born, because I'm a female, my husband and I decided I should stay home because I had the 73 cents on the dollar earning potential. And so I was so lucky to be home with the kids for a period of time, which ended up training me to become an entrepreneur. I volunteered in everything. I co-founded a neighborhood association. I volunteered in every role possible in the community, in the school. I actually got asked to be on the budget committee for the city of San Jose. I decided no, because yeah. you like money better. You talk money all the time, but I didn't think I could do it. But came to this idea for having customized socks as a fundraiser was the main thing because my background had been fundraising when I started the company and tested it out at my daughter's middle school. It was wildly successful. We sold 200 pairs in four days. I had donations increased by 140% and I made a $17 profit margin per pair. And so mm -hmm. that's where I took a step back and I was like, geez, should I make this a company? And so I did. So I built it from the ground up and learned quite a bit and expanded it far beyond just a reach of fundraising so that we can make a custom sock for anybody. I guess somewhere along the line, you became the sock queen. How did that come to be? Okay. So uh, people started calling me the sock lady. And I thought I've got to change the narrative because all I was, I envisioned like being surrounded by cats, like just cats everywhere. <laughs> and I thought, I really, I have to change the narrative. And so I went out on a limb and self-coronated and called myself the sock queen. And for some reason it caught. What I'm finding is I actually am using that as my title almost all the time because it makes me memorable. And I'm finding it such a key thing to be memorable and meeting all these different people rather than just having founder or CEO. Might as well be the sock queen and stand out. And yeah, I'm going with it. I'm all in. So did you create a crown made out of socks yet or no? <laughs> I have not. I have not gone that far. <laughs> I don't know. I could see that as a profile picture in the future. Oh, you know, go full blown sock queen on them. I don't know. Senior year of high school, I did have to build Queen Elizabeth's crown. So it could be in the future. We will see. Yeah. And then I could see you passing on mini crowns to those <laughs> who are the top fundraisers in the schools. There you go. And give them the sock king or queen designation for selling the most socks for you. Why that not? That would be very fun. I would want to fit it into corporate too. I could see <laughs> like, here you go. You get the crown. Yeah, it could be really funny. Who has the most pairs, right? Exactly. Well, that's funny. So my boys, one of the things that they joke about me is about my sense of humor is they call me hilarious because my name's Larry, hilarious. So I have to ask, what is your best sock pun? I think we use success all the time. <laughs> it's actually the name of the newsletter. It's Finding Success. Okay. And so I think that's probably the most creative one that we've come up with. I mean, I use put your best foot forward. I make sure I have stand apart when things and I use that type of thing all the time. But that's probably our book on the horizon with that same title or what? <laughs> no, but I am going to be a chapter in a book that's coming out probably towards the end of the year. Nice. Very good. Congrats. So let me ask you a question, you know, because you were in corporate America became a stay-at-home mom, which is a huge and very important job. I don't think it's staying at home, really. It, quite frankly, my wife worked harder than I did when she was home with the boys and I was at the office. And my mother-in-law, same thing. She watched my kids quite a bit and she worked very hard. So at what point do you kind of make the decision that, hey, I can do both these things. I can be a mom at home and take care of the kids and do everything I need to do there. And I'm really blessed because now I have the opportunity to kind of explore this entrepreneurial side of me. How do you make that kind of transition? Yeah, I was lucky enough that my husband 
took on the responsibility of making the money for the family. And so it allowed me to volunteer. It allowed me to drive the kids to every practice of every sport and play musical instruments. And I felt like too, because I was so grateful to be in that position, that volunteering in the school, spending that time with as many kids as possible because their parents weren't in the same situation was something that I really tried to do. I always have been about improving the community in every way possible and just adding as much value. But I gave up. My career was skyrocketing when I decided to step back. And I was on track to be a director by age 30 and probably a VP within four to five years. And so there's that piece of career-driven Lisa that I had to sleep a little bit, <laughs> had, to, had to take a nap. And so as my kids got older, I really was afraid I was going to be empty nest in my mid-40s. And now what? What do I do with the rest of my life? What about me again? And part of what drove me to start the company and gave me the courage was the fact that I felt like succeed or fail. I was setting a really good example for my kids by going after a dream. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of that motivator at first. And that continues to motivate me. I hope I still am setting a good example for them, as well as others out there about having an idea and putting in all the work necessary or above and beyond to make it happen. And given unforeseeable obstacles like a global pandemic, how do you survive? How do you keep the doors open with these obstacles and hurdles that come your way constantly? Yeah, well, people are wearing more socks, I'm sure. Maybe not. I don't know. I guess it depends on what part of the country and how warm it is, right? But did you have any mentors kind of along the way that you looked up to that kind of helped you move towards this goal of and your entrepreneurial venture or was it fully kind of self-motivated on your end? It's a combination of both, actually. It wasn't until recent, a couple of years ago that I realized I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather started his jam and jelly company in his garage in, I think, late 1930s. And my dad started Strawberry Company out in Watsonville. And both of them built it from the ground up and then worked to selling it. And so I didn't realize those are two of the most important role models in my life growing up that I this entrepreneurial mindset was always there. I was watching it. And actually, my brother just started his own business that is not food related this last year. And so I think we just come from an entrepreneurial... As my role models, I've had entrepreneurs. And, and I think that was one of the obstacles that I was able to get past because I had watched people do that, kind of had an idea of sure. what it was like. From a child's yeah. point of view, it's very different when you're an adult. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was in your blood from the very beginning. It was just a matter of when, not if, that you were going to go in this direction. And it sounds like based upon your experience at your former employer, that it was probably going to work towards that direction anyway at some point in time naturally. So maybe they did you a favor and got you started on this path a little bit earlier than you expected, but it might have been meant to be when all said and done. I agree. And actually, it happened at the right time because I was always thinking of, oh, I have this idea. I love dogs and kids and sports. And so I I was like, how can I follow one of my passions? And I would come up with these crazy ideas and I'd run it by my family and they're like, yeah, I don't think so. And that was for years. And, and so it was finally when I came up with a sock idea that everybody's like, wait a second, you might have something here. So it was good too to go through. I think a lot of entrepreneurs find that is your first idea might not be the right one. And being open to that and being able to adapt to either changing that idea or maybe just starting from scratch and following a new passion. 
You always have to be a work in progress to a certain degree. I was just listening to Gino Wickman, who designed the traction, the entrepreneurial operating system. And he talks about as an entrepreneur, you're always working towards perfect. You're never going to achieve perfection, but the whole idea is to keep innovating and working in that direction and refining things. And that's exactly what you're talking about there. And you have to be willing and able to have your eyes open to what's going on and be able to take feedback from those around you and be able to adapt those changes that are going to benefit you in the short and long term. I think too, having trusted sources that will be honest with you is a really key thing as well, because you don't want somebody to not tell you the truth because they're being nice to you. And so I think we all need these people in our circle, no matter what, entrepreneur, personal life, whatever life it is, like just having those people in our circle that are willing to be honest with you and tell you the truth and knowing that you can trust that they're going to tell you the truth is very helpful. I think it prevents us from going out there and maybe following the wrong path or making a mistake that we could maybe avoid it. Absolutely. So tell our listeners, Socks, right? We talked about a little bit, you touched on it, fundraising, corporate. What exactly do you guys do? Who do you do it for? And if I were to use you, is it sky's the limit what we could do with it? How does that piece work? Yeah. So we customize socks. We have a wide variety. The most popular style is really the athletic crew sock. It's modeled after a Nike elite sock, but emerging and very popular are we have a sustainable eco-friendly bamboo sock, which is really gaining popularity as well as fuzzy socks are gaining popularity. In fact, we're making fuzzy socks for the University of Alaska. For, to give out to their freshmen. Super They fun. might have to double up there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought it was so appropriate. They were like, we're making fuzzy socks for Alaska. So obviously you can probably tell I get a lot of joy out of making socks. And a lot of that joy comes from the fact that we really can work with anybody. I was just speaking with someone who wants to make socks for her city. And at the same time, I was speaking with a company who's going through rebranding. And so I feel like the creativity that we are able to, not only in speaking with our customers about how we can make this successful for them, but the creativity that we can put into the design to make sure that it's something that when people get it, they love it. And that's really the goal. One of my passions is, as I mentioned, like my, it's my goal to make the world a better place. And so working with nonprofits, some of the things we've able to been able to accomplish just with socks, we've raised money for animal shelters, we've fought cancer, we've raised money for genetic disease research, Down syndrome. It's been truly amazing and something I really didn't envision when I had this idea starting the company, but I'm excited to see what else we can do. So if you want to use it as a fundraiser, you can do that. If you want to use it for corporate, for your own company, or as a giveaway, you can do that. Or if you just want to have some cool socks made as an individual, you can do that too. I had somebody, we made them for somebody's 50th birthday. We made them for somebody's wedding and got a fantastic photo of the groom and the groomsmen in their tuxedos with their awesome socks on. We, a lot of our corporate clients will use them as client gifts and give them to their sales reps to give them out on sales calls. And we've actually received a lot of business from those customers because they're like, this was such a great gift to get. I, I felt so valued that we want to give it to our customers. And so we're finding that I have people take them to trade shows as giveaways at events. It's really a sky's the limit. And we haven't met something we can't customize a sock for yet. Welcome the challenge. I'm up for it. I think socks are the new ties. Nobody wears ties anymore, but everybody wears socks still. So me and my family, we just went to a bar mitzvah recently during the uh, NHL playoffs. And myself and my two boys just wore, each one of us had a former New York Ranger player head on a sock. Looked weird, didn't really look 100% like them, but it was quite the uh, showpiece. People were talking about them because we each had a different player, so they found it very interesting. I tell you, one of the best things about socks as giveaways, too, is that they are one size fits all. Mm -hmm. I love a giveaway, right? I love free stuff. We all do. 
but I go to a game or something and I, I'm so excited to get my free t-shirt and then it's a men's extra large and it doesn't right. fit me. And so it's kind of, it's like that excitement and then that letdown. And that is the really, that's one of the really cool things about socks is they're going to fit 99% of the people that you want to give them to. And you do not have to worry about having that awkward guess or conversation about, you know, what is Jane's size or right. what is John's size? All right. of that's out the window. And, and so that's something like we can go into this confident that if we can come up with a good design, the qualities there, the people you give it to are going to love it. That's great. Now, how have you leveraged, you know, you seem very active on LinkedIn. It's an area that you've kind of leveraged. How have you leveraged LinkedIn to grow your voice? Yeah, that's a great question. It's such a valuable platform and one that I was terrified of actually to start because I saw like, I'm like, everybody's so intelligent. And and I saw the comments of this should be on Facebook, but it was really in my goal to move the company from just being really focused on fundraising to I really wanted to expand it to more of a custom sock company where fundraising was an arm, but all these other things we talked about were possibilities as well. And so actually, I took a boot camp from Shea Robottom that taught me how to make videos and content marketing. And I feel like for me, that was a really good step to get confident in what I was going to post and to get some guidance about what to talk about. And the goal is always to add value to people. But I'm not a huge social media person. I'm just not a fan, but I love LinkedIn. I don't Mm -hmm. kind of count it as social media. The people I've been able to meet, the networking, it's just been the feedback I've gotten on, you know, I've grown personally as well as professionally because of it, because I've shared some personal things on there and the support I get, I just never saw it coming. And, And so it's helped me grow both personally and professionally. Yeah, I would even encourage you, and I've shared this before with our listeners and on other shows, for a very long time, I was very apprehensive about sharing a lot of my personal stuff on social media. But the reality is, as I've done that more and more, it's just created more opportunities for me, both personally and professionally. And people have sought us out to do business with them because of some of that rawness and and putting some of that stuff out there. So I would encourage you to do so. And I would imagine that socks in particular really lend itself very, very well to social media because if you you send out a pair and encourage somebody to take a picture with it and throw it on Instagram, for example, and tag you, it's one of those things that becomes self-fulfilling. We had a uh, an episode on here with sisters who created a company, a clothing company, a brand on social media through Instagram and Instagram alone. And they've sold in excess of $5 million worth of clothing revenue-wise in like a two-year period. And it's been an amazing venture for them. And I would imagine socks really lend themselves to that social media buzz that they see it and it kind of would take off on its own accord. So I'd encourage you to Use social media more. I think I think this is a great thing for that. I agree with you. I also think the way I try to show up on all the platforms that we're on is genuine and authentic because that's actually who I am. Sure. How I run the business, It's we're extremely transparent, upfront, authentic. And so I feel like as well, you're building that no like, and trust factor with people when they see you consistently showing up. And we tell a lot of customer stories And I think that's a good way for people to get past the socks because I get that Mm -hmm. a lot like what? And so, you know, in telling the customer story, they they're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay, And that's a huge help. But yes, the images and stuff for social media should be able to fly pretty easily. Yeah. Now, you, you speak a lot about your teaching personality. Can you share with us what that is and how it can help others, perhaps? Sure. I didn't really realize I had that type of personality until it was pointed out to me in the video boot camp um, when they're like, oh, you do a lot of teaching videos. But 
I think one of it is just if I can share knowledge or if I can help people, I, I really want to help them succeed. I, I've always felt we're stronger together. And the more that we work together, the, the better we all can be. And so whether it's, I have 18 years of fundraising experience. And so I will often sit down with potential customers and we'll brainstorm about how can we make this successful? How can you raise the most money with this? As well as I get on the other side of things, I get corporate clients calling me and they're like, well, we have this idea, this idea. And like, yeah, well, here's some things, you know, some success stories from customers in the past, or here's my ideas. One of my favorite clients recently came because just he was so kind to me through a LinkedIn post, we connected and he is running a, a nonprofit for men, actually for men who have lost their wives in the UK. And so he's like, I, you know, do you have an idea for, or can you give me some ideas for maybe fundraising? And so I came up with what I think is a pretty good idea. But then it led to, he's like, wait a second, maybe we could use socks for another nonprofit I go to. And so sometimes too, I feel like when you give, like it, it comes back to you and, and, but I never do it for that. I always just, if I can help, I want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, you, you educate and if the person is ready and willing and ready to go, they'll move forward. If not, it may be one of those things that they just put in the back of their, their head, file it away for a little while, and they may have to come back to it later on. Or they may be in a situation where they can refer you out, even though they're not somebody who's used you because they know now your personality, your abilities. And maybe they're with somebody who's saying, hey, I need a, a unique fundraiser and I don't have any ideas. You know anything? And immediately the sock queen comes to mind. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the one thing with socks is like people might love the idea, but there just might not be an opportunity for it right now. And so part of sock queen and stuff is trying to stay memorable and mm -hmm. so that when it does, when it when there is an opportunity for it, they remember me. Absolutely. That's the way to go. We talked about being authentic online and whatnot. And can you give us like a tangible example of how you being authentic and speaking up about the causes important to you has helped your business grow as a result? Sure. I will always stand for equality and I stand against racism. So I have my things that I believe in that are a core piece of who I am that I will always stand up for and I will never back down from a conversation about. And, and mainly it stems from equality. What I will not discuss is politics and religion <laughs> because I make a product. If I was a consultant, if, if I was selling me, I think it would be more appropriate to talk about my personal beliefs, but I don't. And in fact, it's so funny. I was in a debate with somebody about talking about politics and religion and in one week, while, while this debate was going on, I made socks for a church and an abortion clinic. <laughs> Neither one of them knows my opinions on it, which right. is fine because we're making a product and I want to support both of them. So that's, I feel like, like I said, it's what I believe in. I, I speak up about equality for women quite a bit because I've been through many circumstances where I was treated differently because I'm a woman. And being born into this world as a girl, I just never thought I was less than because I was a female. I just never did. And so... I've always been a fighter about stuff like that. And I feel like just talking about it openly, it just is educating people about some people, if they're not, we might be in the same situation and it, it affects you differently than it affects me. And if I talk about it, how it affects me, it might help you understand that was different. And, and I appreciate that, um, you know, with people of color as well, because they have a very different experience than I do. And so I feel like the more we talk about this, the more we can hopefully empathize and understand and build each other up and find a spot where it is more equal. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we've had examples of that here and at Midland Financial in the same vein, we're very open and willing to work with anybody. Uh, a lot of our stakeholders are people of color. And uh, I guess a couple of years ago, we or I had to let a longtime client of mine go after a twenty, almost a twenty-year relationship, 
because of them not treating certain people in my organization or in Midland well. And we don't stand for that. I told the folks that uh, work here, we're, we're all a team and we're a family and everybody gets treated the same way. And if, if you're not feeling that way, you got to let me know and we'll take care of it. So I had to stand by those words and basically ask somebody to leave that we could no longer work with them because of the comments and the feelings that they shared with me. So yeah. good for you, know, you. I agree. Your upfrontness about that, has that helped your business grow to a degree or do you feel like it's had an effect on that in a positive way? I think so. I think I get a lot of support when I post about equality or when I speak up. I get support. I don't get a lot of haters about it. And if they are, they're not people I'd want to work with anyway. So I do. I Again, it, people know who I genuinely am and what I genuinely care about. And, and I think that helps with, again, being memorable. One thing I can, like your, that was a great example and good for you for letting go of that client. I was approached, there is one thing you can, that I will not put on socks, which I had to realize through a potential customer is hate speech. Mm-hmm. And I, this was like in the deep of the pandemic when I was not sure the doors were going to be open and how I was going to survive it. And I had an organization approach me and they wanted hate speech on like drinking the sweat and the blood of the tears and this kind of stuff on socks. And I thought about it and I'm like, no, I, there's no way I am putting hate speech. And I politely requested or politely referred them to other people. Actually, I looked up a couple other sock companies like they might be able to help you or, <laughs> and they continued to come back. They're like, we really want to work with you. And and I had to, I had to say no about four or five times and said, I just, and, and I was trying to be polite because they didn't like, because it was their message. They didn't see it as hate speech, right? but I did. And, and I just wasn't yeah. going to, I wasn't going to put that on my product. They could find someone else who could do it. That's up to those people, but I have standards and those did not meet them. And so it, it is interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it's not worth going down that road because it's just going to cause a bigger headache or a bigger problem, especially in this day and age. If you were to make them and a lot of other people didn't agree with them, then you're putting yourself and your business in a very bad position. So you have to be careful about that uh, as well. And, you know, you talk about objectification. I know you talk about fighting that on LinkedIn quite a bit. Why is that so important to you? Is it just simply the way because of your background and the way you were treated previously? Or is there some other impetus behind that? I think objectifying women, what what I have found in my experiences is when we're objectified, we're not maybe taken for who we actually are. It's the judgment stops at the outside. And I've been in circumstances with, you know, groups of professional men where they've asked about my hair or my wedding ring. And so they're more focused on that. And it was like a, what's, you know, we were in Vegas at a conference and it was like, Ooh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I was like, I am here to talk about my business and I want to be perceived as a professional. And that is why I'm on LinkedIn to be professional and to support others as well as try to grow my business. And so when I get people reaching out, you know, and treating it like a dating app, I find it offensive. I I don't, the message is cute smile or whatever. I, I find it offensive and I would, I would like to be judged for the whole of who I am. Right. as well. And even I posted, um, my daughter's birthday was, was earlier this month and I posted, uh, or I did a post for her and it's, I, of course she's my daughter. I think she's beautiful, but I put this picture up and, and I got so many skeezy people wanting to connect with me. And what I do when they send these connection requests, actually this is my advice to everybody, men and women <laughs> is I look at their last comments that they have posted or, you know, who they've commented on. And if it's only attractive people, 
I don't connect with them because I know what that's there, what, what's in. And so I probably got about 15 connection requests and every single one of them had only commented on a, on attract people who, you know, put very attractive photos of themselves as their post. And that is not the type of people I want in my network. Yeah, it's been an eye opener to me hearing some stories from other women in our industry. I've gone to conferences. I've never heard or seen a lot of these things that I've heard stories about. And I've told them point blank. I said, if I'm at a conference and you're in a situation that this happens, please let me know because I I won't stand for it. And to some degree, I feel like maybe I'm not paying attention enough because I've never seen or heard it personally, but I've heard a lot of stories along the way of this. And it's crazy, in my opinion. It's not even something that comes in my mind or even like is a fleeting thought. So to hear other people telling me these experiences, it's it's kind of crazy in my view, and it shouldn't happen. But uh, evidently it does all the and time. That crazy. is actually exactly why I talk about it is to call it out, but also so that so the good men like you know that it's happening and can support us getting past this, right? The right. more people that understand what's going on, the more likely I think we can we can all move past it together. And I do, I get so much, I, I've been called a man hater because of it, which I'm not, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm happily married 26 years, but it's the support I get from the men is almost stronger than what I get for the women when I talk about things like that. And it's always that, it's like, I can't believe that's happening. I'm so glad you told me. And right. so that's part of why I'm calling it out. Great. Good job. Good job. It's very important. You talk about non-negotiables, right? Why do you think it's so important for people to have them in their life? And I agree with you, by the way. Yeah. In the end, you've got to be able to close your eyes and be be good with the person that you are, right? And so I think part of it is just setting that standard. I know for me, there are certain things, there's not enough money in the world that I would do certain things for. And we all have our own standards. Just because that's my standard doesn't mean it has to be somebody else's. But I think it's just being okay with who you are genuinely as a person. I think to that point, you know, a lot of times when we get into business and, and entrepreneurs start down a, a certain path, sometimes they feel obligated that they have to take every piece of business that comes their way. And what happens ultimately, especially in our business and financial services, and I could tell you because I know a lot of people who've started out in that direction and they just take everything. And essentially what they end up doing is they build this entity in this business that's really not sustainable because they filled their cup with a lot of folks that aren't good fits for them, but are generating revenue. And then they end up becoming problems or issues because they can't work with them or solve their problems. And we talk a lot about it here at Midland. We talk about not being everything to everyone because we don't want to be everything to everyone. We want to be everything to a small select group of people And we want to be able to work with them, solve their problems, and work with their family for multiple generations. And that's really what it's all about. Because when you can build those deep, meaningful relationships, you're like an an indispensable piece of their family almost, you know? So I think to your point, have these non-negotiables, figure out what they are, even if you're just starting a business and stick with them. Don't focus on the money. The money will be the result of the teaching that you do or whatever value you're going to add to people. That's where the revenue will eventually come from. Yeah. And I, I feel like the hate speech is an extreme example, but, and I did also feel like it's a gift when you've started a company or, or, you know, working in a small company, when you grow to a spot where you don't have to accept every customer. And for me, it non-negotiable was that extreme example, but just in kind of everyday lives is there are those difficult customers mm-hmm. that just, they take a, you know, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? They, they take up 80% of your time and 
and getting, and, you know, I think some of that setting a standard is just exactly like you said, is in order to be successful, you need to have customers that are right fit, the right fit. And so sometimes it's just turning away people that, you know, are going to be too much work and Mm -hmm. not worth the effort and politely thanking them and referring them to somebody else. Agreed. Agreed. So Lisa, what are the next big things for you and Spirit Socks USA? Anything exciting in the near future? I will be attending a national convention um, in the near future, which I'm excited. I'm, I'm in the pitch competition for women-owned businesses. So oh, I'm great. excited about that. What else is coming up? I, the book is going to be coming out where I'll have a chapter in it. And then there is some potential explosive growth on the horizon in the fall if it comes through. I don't want to say anything okay, because I don't want to curse it. But if that comes through, it could be, uh, could be great. Well, we'll be watching for something uh, exciting news from you and uh, Spirit Socks USA in the uh, the fall, hopefully. So we'll, yeah. we'll keep our eyes out. So listen, this is the Midland Money Mindset, and we end every show by asking each of our guests the same question. And you used the word joy earlier, so it's right up your alley, which is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Mm, I worked out in the morning. Part of my self-care is going to the gym and taking in. I carve out time early, as early as I can in the morning and I work out and it makes me feel better. It brings me joy. And then I get home and I play with my dogs a little bit and then I go to work. There you go. Sounds like a great start to the day. So we're going to have all of your contact information in the show notes. But if people want to connect with you, find you, learn more about Spirit Socks USA, What's the best and easiest place for them to do that? Probably the best place is either my profile on LinkedIn. There's a lot of information there. Or the website is spiritsocksusa.com. Socks is S-O-X. And there's a pretty easy inquiry form if they want to learn more. But all of my contact information is there. The email to contact the company as well as phone numbers, as well as information about the Socks. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you taking out the time to spend with us and uh, make it a great day. Thank you, Larry. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Lisa. I want to thank Lisa Riggs for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Lisa found her niche as a result of fundraisers she participated in for her kids as they grew up. She has now created a company that is putting socks on feet everywhere and in many cases raising a great deal of dollars for charity. Her journey from corporate America to entrepreneur has been a great one thus far, and she is looking forward to what is next. Lisa and Spirit Socks USA can be found across all social media platforms and all the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss.
To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.